you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL podcast is nothing but a salary dump. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. Come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Heyo, summer tour. It's going to call it a, a national tour, but that's international. You know, right now I'm in Texas. We're going to Texas. We're going to New Jersey. We're going to Japan. We're going to various two-star motels in the Hollywood area. Uh, not two-star, by the way. I operate in like with myself three and also. a half, four-star uh, territory. I can promise you that. With the salary dump being what it is. Corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. How's everybody doing? It's good. I am looking forward to uh, heading off to Japan next week, but also, yeah, breaking ground as the first uh, NFL media property to tape some podcasts in Japan in a few weeks. This does remind me there are parallels here in terms of what it means uh, to the 1920s when Babe Ruth and a collection of baseball all-stars went to Japan and introduced the sport to that country. That's where I put this. I think podcasting, which I'm I'm going to work under the assumption hasn't made it to Japan yet. It's an island after all. They're they're always behind on technology. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to buy all in once they see Greg with a Yeti. <laughs> I mean, Dan, the NFL I... had an office uh, in Japan right near where uh, my wife Emika grew up, uh, but it closed down. So I get I guess we haven't made as many inroads as as we would like. But if if you're out there, if you're a listener from Japan, um, we love you. But it's speaking of you know cutting edge technology, where you are, Dan, in Texas, will there be a follow up um, article on California man returns to sleepy Texas town to podcast his show? I mean, I, there was a, a an excellent article the first time around. Will there be a second a follow up? Well, not just an excellent article. It was a okay. front page article in the Gatesville Messenger in Texas, right. uh, touting NFL.com uh, editor Dan Hansis. Um, broadcasting from um, the downtown area at a local lawyer's office. Um, 
I think I if I pursue another article, I think I can make it happen, honestly. But I think it's kind of a been there, done that situation uh, for the old Zeuser. Um, now I have more important things. Uh, you know, obviously my role as the peacemaker is something that stands out to me now. Greg, a lot of people talking. Um, and if you missed the Thursday recap of the NFL Talent Summit and the explosive conversation between Rosenthal and Rappaport, um, I feel like the uh, feedback on social media was largely positive towards you, Greg. Um, how has that event and that podcast changed you? Um, well, when we walked out of there, I, all jokes aside, I really thought like, oh, I'm really glad we did that, that that was a unique thing that we've done in our timeline as a podcast. Like we've been here long enough that we can get away with doing that and having a conversation with that, like that, that I'm glad people heard. Um, I don't know if it's changed me though, as a human, I'm a brittle. You think we got away with it or is it still on some level, even though we found success in this business and, um, and the NFL, and we're, we're very grateful for them, took care of us in our last contract. Like, do you think anyone actually heard it? No, no. I mean, that is the key. I mean, by get away with it, I just mean like we're getting to do uh, cool, interesting stuff and no one's stopping us from doing it. But you're right. They're not stopping us all from takes, doing it, by the way, because they're not aware because they're you're not listening. Aware if you're a shadowy league figure and this isn't a challenge, this isn't me trying to like defy authority. If you actually are listening to the show and you're high up in the company and I mean, you have your own office on I guess now would be the third floor in our new facility. Um, just shoot me an email. You know how to find me and just be like, I'm listening. That's it. You don't even need to hit, need anything in the body, just the subject. Um, now, is this end with Roger Goodell, uh, a, a Brian McCarthy, someone of that level uh, hitting me up? I don't know, but just let us know. I'm, at, I'm just curious. That's all. The difference between you and me is you check email, apparently. I, I haven't looked at email in, in our <laughs> company's email system in about three, three or four months. Not intentionally. Well, when you're the uh, well, Greg, I'm sorry. I'll have to strip you. You are no longer the bad boy of NFL media. It's now Mark Sessler. <laughs> he kind of always has had that deep within. I need to know, Greg, quieter. though, because there was a lot of public um, raising up of your efforts. But at, uh, often in many of the tweets that I saw at the expense of Rappaport, um, to be fair, I, I I don't know if you guys have communicated post um, feud non-feud ending like what what i'm sure he was a little peaked to be continually critiqued at your benefit i doubt that i mean i haven't asked him about that we did talk uh briefly i don't doubt the it. summit um just because i don't think it really registered i don't think he's too on top of it uh i wouldn't think i don't know it it <laughs> he he wouldn't have come on if like that makes that big of a deal he's been in that position and uh we don't really know what that's exactly like but he He's had people kind of slamming him for various things he's done for a long time because it kind of comes with the territory. And I and I I think most everyone I saw, I wasn't like locked in checking everything, but was pretty respectful and was like happy that we had the conversation. wasn't like tearing him apart. Or I'll, I'll I'll say this, and Mark, I know you certainly can relate to it because we kind of came up together uh, in this business. That when you start, and if you're writing on a site and there's a comment section. Um, you are definitely more sensitive to criticism earlier in your career, which is not to say now there's nothing someone could say online that will, won't get to you because that could still happen. But you definitely de you develop something more close to rhino skin. And if, if you're a Rappaport who has a, a platform that is vastly bigger than ours even, uh, you have to, if you can't deal with the criticism, 
you're in the wrong business entirely. And I do give credit, whether you agree with where Ian came down in that conversation or not, uh, coming on, he didn't have to do that. And that's why I kind of uh, shot him a text afterwards and I sent out a tweet to that point that he could have easily just laid low or after that conversation ended said, hey, I don't want some of that in there. And he didn't do any of that. So that was on cool. The, right. And on that note, the first bylined article that I ever wrote for NFL.com way back when, before I had this, you know, thick skin against criticism that you uh, that you mentioned, <laughs> one of the first comments I ever received was, you are dumb and your children are dumb. Yeah, don't, don't bring I, the family I used to have to it. clear the comments at Pro Football Talk. For some reason, their method was you had to approve literally every comment. So it was like <laughs> someone's turn, whoever was on the shift, of like mass approving 600 comments at a time. So uh, you started to build up a tougher skin to them. All right, today's show. Let's get to it. Let's spin forward. Um, mandatory mini camps. When's the last one done? When is the when is the summer break for the NFL? If you want to call it that, this is it. We're in it. We're, We're in it. It, now. it ended Thursday. Every camp is now. It ended through. the day that uh, the summit ended. It was perfect. Well, there you go. And so, with that said, we haven't, uh, and that's because we've done the show long enough and followed the league long enough where. It's kind of, even if you do a show throughout the offseason, it's kind of a fool's journey to live and die by every update from OTAs. However, we still are an NFL football podcast, Mark, and this episode will be essentially a roundup of things that caught our eye during OTAs, during mandatory minicamps. We call them training camp altogether now. Where's Gravedigger? You know, I jumped on. Everybody should know this. Hey, what's up, buddy? I jumped on to do a sound check from Texas and just check in and chatted with Justin, a little clerical off the books type stuff. And and then, you know, a figure wanders in in the background of the shot. He's from his apartment right now, it looks like, or his house. Who knows? His condo. And there she goes, like a, a ghost, a blonde ghost, down the hallway and turns the corner. I never saw her face, but there she was again. There she was. <laughs> you guys all met her at the holiday party. So Isn't she brunette? Know. Am I wrong about this? Is she blonde? I thought she was had brownish she is, hair. She is brunette, correct. She has brown hair, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I met her. I don't, who did you see then, question, Dan? Maybe you did see a ghost. Uh, reporting and storytelling Wait a second. Years. Uh, by the way, I resent that, Greg. Uh, don't come after the peacemaker after he blew that whole thing wide open last week. Wait a second. Wait a second. She's brunette? She is yeah, brunette. I met her. Interesting. Yeah. Are you sure I met her at the holiday party? <laughs> Are you certain? I don't think I, I don't did. think I Dan did. I don't think Dan maybe encountered not. her. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Anyway. You're a lucky man. Let's get into it. <laughs> Thank you. So much to hit here. Yeah, I usually make fun of Mark for like, you know, he prepares. I'm not making fun. I, I admire it, but he, he like will be almost over-prepared sometime. This time I'm taking Mark's corner. I'm over-prepared. I just counted. I have 31 potential whispers. We're not going to use them all, but I have 31. Aye, aye, aye. Spicy. Let's see how many of the 32 teams we can hit, uh, Graver. Hit us with a little uh, ding every time we hit a new team, and then uh, we'll see who got screwed. It'll, like, news, you know, newsflash will probably be about half of the teams in the su- southern divisions of the NFL, but let's see. Maybe we'll surprise ourselves. Greg, get us going with something that's a good way to kick things off. Okay, I'm going to go with um, kind of uh, a basic one because it's a 
quarterback competition note that I thought mattered, and that was that Kenny Pickett didn't take a single first-team rep throughout the OTA, OTA process. Steelers. And you can't draw too much from this, uh, but the fact that Kenny Pickett was third in line, that it was Mason Rudolph taking all the backup reps, uh, that it was Mitch Trubisky taking all the starter reps, and Pickett didn't even get in the mix. It's not out of the ordinary, especially for a coach like Mike Tomlin to like work rookies in slowly, but I guess that's sort of my point, is that that's what Tomlin always does. And even though those reps will change undoubtedly in training camp and Pickett will get a chance to move up a little bit, it just emphasizes that I really think Mitch Trubisky is starting with a huge lead in this and he's probably going to be the week one starter in the end. That's me. I don't think I'm overrating just to the OT. This from you know, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. We've been very clear that this is a real laid out plan of how we're going to evolve and find who our quarterback is going to be for the 2022 season. Um, man, this is one of the potential conversation points we were going to have when we were talking about today's show is like, it matters. It doesn't matter. Like this to me doesn't matter. I agree with you. But at the same time, I think... Mark, Kenny Pickett, if he balls out in training camp and shows a, a really strong handling of the playbook and we're hearing signs that he's doing that already, um, he has a chance to outplay Mitch Trubisky. But Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mark Caboli from The Athletic, who is probably the best Steelers beat writer out there, said that the whole competition is essentially more show than substance. That lining up with what the zero snaps, lining up with what most – writers who have covered practice have said, well, what's, I mean, why does he need to start week? Why, why would you need Kenny Pickett to start week one if you're the Steelers this season anyways? I, I think they went and got Mitch Trubisky to handle the early load. And like with so many of these, if, when he, if and when Trubisky totally stumbles, then there'll be an extra month or two of preparation for Pickett to step in. Can I give right. my answer to that? Like why? Sure. Because the Steelers are trying to win the AFC North and Mitch Trubisky isn't good. Yeah, but we don't even know if Kenny Pickett will be... Pro- I mean, Kenny Pickett is right. an a- a- unknown well, we know who, too. We know who Mitch Trubisky is, right? Or we think we know. And maybe things change in a different surroundings. But, like, Pickett represents that great unknown of maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Some of these quotes, and I saw Chase Claypool talking him up, and it's like, man, I got some, like, Mac Jones vibes off this guy a little bit. Mm. Like, maybe he ends up being somebody who could step in and immediately upgrade that position from where it was with Roethlis- Roethlisberger. To, to your point, I think, look, if he showed up and he balls out in camp and Trubisky is struggling, then yeah, Pickett <laughs> will wind up starting week one. He will have the chance to just be better. But I think it's fair to wonder whether at this point he will be better than, than Mitch Trubisky just because of experience. All right, Mark, give us a whisper. All right, I want to build on something that uh, you know caught a little fire earlier in the offseason when Frank Reich said of, of Matt Ryan, I knew he was good, but his accuracy is insane. There have been new proclamations floating in over this last uh, minicamp scenario. I want to listen to you to listen to some of these quotes that Zach Kiefer, our friend, recorded. Uh, this from Marcus Brady, offensive coordinator. He's damn near a coach on the field. I mean, you're meant to be the coach. So he's, you're essentially saying uh, Matt Ryan could do my job. Um, Gus Bradley said, the defensive coordinator, you can feel him in this building. DeForest oh. Buckner said he oh. reminds me of Philip Rivers. And rookie wideout Alec Pierce said he could basically run this offense and this team by himself. And then Frank Reich came back around to say one more time, Matt was unbelievable. Really A to Z. He did everything right. Just great leadership, great play. I mean, the whole way he took command. He's not starting to take command. He simply <laughs> took command. As we all know, I'm excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. 
I want to cut that for social because Mark's <laughs> look of intensity in his eyes. Well, I was I don't look away. It was too much for me. And I was. This it was is a, a lot. This is a former MVP. This is a uh, former first team All Pro. This is a four time Pro Bowler. This is the greatest quarterback in Falcons history. Um, I I would assume all those things that you just explained. That's how he would present on a new team. I think it's been a little bit on my radar with the Colts this offseason of how pleased they are uh, with Matt Ryan acting as if they have found, again, Matt Ryan of six years ago, which they haven't. So I think this this portion of the football calendar, all the amazing things about Matt Ryan that are still in place are going to be shining very brightly. Mm. I would just say that it just needs to be a maybe bring it down ju- just a touch. Not you, Mark. You could be <laughs> as intense as you want. Uh, Colts fans, in terms of expectations of what you're getting in 2022. I am so with you, Dan, because I, my second note to this was that this lines up to me as a little bit suspicious. Because A, it's June, and of course Matt Ryan's going to play the part well. He's played this, he's played this on this stage play for, for 10 plus years at this point. But something about it um, feels like there's a potential behind door number two semi-disaster if this doesn't go very well. Well, I just worry about, you know, the weapons. Alec Pierce, you mentioned, uh, who's kind of lining up as like the number two receiver right now. And he's a rookie that people thought would take some time to get going. They might bring back T.Y. Hilton. I do think like it's intangible and I usually don't get too much into that. But I do think there is something about someone like Matt Ryan being in a new place when he's 37, getting away from a franchise that was not at its best right now with the Falcons or, or really over its tenure and getting the juice flowing again, like Peyton Manning going to Denver or Brady going to Tampa that it for such a great, an all time great. I know he's not at that level of like all time great, but he he's excellent in what he does, getting that juice going again in Indianapolis with a good coach, with a better organization and that you just might see a better Matt Ryan than we saw. That's all where we were in February with the Colts to where they ended up, I think it's pretty close to a best-case scenario for the mess that they had gotten themselves into. And I thought they made two smart moves. Doing the move to say Carson Wentz is not the guy and getting out of that situation and then ending up with Matt Ryan. So I don't take it as overly critical, Colts Nation. I think they did very well for themselves overall. And, yeah, he could have – he's not going to throw for 55 touchdowns, you know, like Peyton, but he – he definitely will present, I think, an upgrade for them. How about let's head to the Raiders? Let's head to Las Vegas, Sin City, Mark. That's All what right. they call it. That's that is not a for name us. When we used. went to Vegas, it was like no. basically don't even you know don't even walk on the carpet in the casino area. Ours was worker B Central. Just go be just go you know honor the company and then fly home. It was sinless city for us. But that's in the past now. The Athletics to Sean Reed reports that Devontae Adams has, quote, almost exclusively lined up outside Mm. and has worked from the left and right sides of the field. Why does that matter? Because that's not what Adams did best or how he was used to great, great, historically uh, productive measures with the Green Bay Packers. Um, According to Sports Info Solutions Charting, Adams drew 106 targets in the slot last year and only 70 out wide. Why is this happening? Two words. Greg's buddy, Hunter Renfro, who is one of the steadier slot guys in the league. He's the new Wayne Krebet, uh in the NFL. He's mm. like a guy you just plug in. No offense, but he's he's Ooh. another level up from Wayne. Oh, hey, hey, off the, ga- the game has changed. Maybe Undrafted. if you put Wayne and 
Just saying. Yeah, but you can't measure heart, bro. You can't measure heart. Didn't Wayne Corbett send Dan a birthday message over? Uh, that's did. true. Well, that was a very nice gesture by all. Cost like 140 bucks or something. <laughs> Do you expense that? Uh, no, I did not, but an executive did. Oh, very good. Anyway, so that's interesting. And I'm not saying that the Raiders made the wrong move by getting Devontae Adams. Brilliant to give Derek Carr one of the very best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. But notable that they will be using him differently, it seems, uh, than the Packers did. And you would think in a, a typical situation, a team that gives up that much and then pays that much for a wide receiver, you're going to kind of want to use him in the way that's been proven to be most efficient. Uh, but the Raiders, really not by choice, based on roster build-out, uh, are going to be going down a different path, it seems. Well, the money they gave Renfro, which we never had a chance to talk about, was really interesting. Two for $32 million for a slot receiver was kind of a new type of deal, but it was so short uh, and guaranteed. Like It made a lot of sense, I thought, for, for both sides. And he's just not someone that's going to play outside that often. And obviously, Darren Waller is not going to play outside that often either. I do think, though, this is an OTA, a bit of an OTA story because Josh McDaniels is as creative as it gets. Th- that The way their roster is built, they can play a lot of big power football with two tight ends and fullbacks and they're going to play somewhere. They really spread you out. And I think they're going to have Adams as like the only wide receiver on the field. And I just, I trust Josh McDaniels to, to be a little more versatile and and maybe just the way they want to work on some things of him on the outside at this time of year, but that he'll end up doing a lot. And they've also talked about, you know, Josh Jacobs will not be bell cow material. I mean, he really was showing he shouldn't be anyways, but that they're going to run the ball with a lot of different sort of heavy sets. That was it's one getting, of my 31. I've got to get rid of that one now. Well, gonna have to, you're going to have to Running erase back that. Committee. Do you think, though, that we all realize that uh, Devontae Adams should be used in multiple ways, but it's not occurred to Josh McDaniels, that at some point <laughs> between now and when camp starts, it might in, pop into his head, I could may- be more versatile with this um, ultra-rich wide receiver? I don't know, man. I've okay. already seen Josh McDaniels head coach once, so I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt on anything. <laughs> it uh, is an interesting topic, though, I think, uh, when you think about their three best players. I, I think it's this is what OTA whispers is all about. Just like Whisper. getting your mind jogging a little bit like, huh, that is an interesting. Right. Fantasy heads out there. Don't freak out yeah. and now take Devonta Adams off your board. It's just notable. All right. Greg, you could lower right. him. I feel like uh, we've gone for some big swings. I'm just going to go for one that's a little more random, but is interesting to me. That Jeff Okuda, the number three overall pick of the draft a few years ago, probably isn't a starter right now in Detroit, even though he's healthy. Um, That Oruare is kind of their default number one cornerback, and they're actually using Will Harris, who's played some safety before, probably as their number two. They have a couple different guys in the slot, and Okuda's probably a backup on the outside. It's... It's a coaching staff that did get to see Okuda relatively healthy, at least throughout the offseason before he got hurt early in the year. And maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, But if you're thinking of like, man, how can the Lions really take a big leap up? Man, getting a lot out of their number three overall draft pick from two years ago would be nice. But it it just doesn't seem like it's happening for him. And, And there were so many people, almost everyone who just thought he was one of the best cornerback prospects since Darrell Rivas. And it's just, it's interesting to me. And hope you hope for him it, it changes. But right now, he's not in that spot. What is more depressing than the scenario where a very highly drafted, highly touted player 
totally fails as a rookie. Injuries, whatever it is, just does not produce. And then comes back for this second wave where all, all the talk is meant to be, now he's got it figured out. The game has slowed down. You know, the adversity of year one is past where it's a shiny sun from here on out. But then the, the practices begin and he's still not even on the first team. And like the general manager's probably walking around depressed. The coaches have to tilt their statements to try to protect him. I don't like it. Yeah, it's tough. And he, he's coming back off of an injury too. So that's been part of his, his story. But that's, that man, they could use some something out of him. Whispers. Mark? Well, I want to counter off the Matt Ryan one that I introduced before. Um, because let's talk about the quarterback. Are you going to bring they the ha- same level of intensity as you did to the no, this, Matt Ryan this is, is God? No, this is a little more just, uh, it's it's Combo. more of, um, I, it's not a haiku because it's a quote, it's a comment, but it's shorter and I just want you to ponder what has been said um, in Washington about Carson Wentz by QB coach Ken Zampezi, who appreciates Carson Wentz's curious nature, um, <laughs> according to the headline NFL.com. He's intuitive, said Zampezi. He's curious. He's hungry for football. That's part that that's the part that's fun for me. Then he added, he's curious and in a good way. As we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command and get curious. Is um, that one I, of your uh, nuggets, Greg? No, no, but um I definitely <laughs> think that a man getting curious is going to like ring some bells for Mark. He's definitely going to be all over his story. <laughs> that will be like fine. Never a day that goes by. Mark, you're so crazy. Yes, I get that, Frags. Um, never a day goes by, it seems, in the NFL now without the Washington Commanders in the news for something. Uh, the NFL fined Washington head coach Ron Rivera for conducting drills that violate the NFL's OTA policies. This also happened to Texans coach Lovey Smith and also Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy. And I got to say, like, I kind of like this move if I was a head coach. I'd bring that kind of, I'm a coach who is, listen, you want to find me, find me, but my boys play ball. So I'm just going to, I'm going to mark that down, especially McCarthy, because I just think he's the lead dog it's the second here. straight year. Yeah, that two they, years in a row. That they right. got it. McCarthy but that's just, like, Lovey got fined $50,000. I mean, I know Lovey's made a lot of money in his life, but that's got to be, <laughs> like, if you're Lovey Smith, or if you're just Lovey Smith, that's got to be pretty annoying to be like, wait, I just lost $50,000 on I'm this? Not, that's, I'm not feeling too bad for him. What does he make it, $4 million? I don't know, but no. I. What about he, Zaddy? He got way. fined a hundred grand. Yeah, but he's Zaddy. Okay. Zaddy, yeah. Stop I didn't. It. I didn't have that information, but yeah, Wait, that's like that? that's a lot. Zaddy, stop it. Well. <laughs> oh boy. He can't. Dad, he can't. Help Dad was like Graver. Oh, Zaddy, we're, you're we're, so extra. We're all in different places. Uh, I need you to be heavy on the sound drops today. Bring the energy, Graver. <laughs> Um, speaking of the Cowboys, uh, Mike McCarthy believes Ezekiel Elliott is completely healthy now. Zeke suffered through a bad 2021 season, played through a torn PCL. McCarthy said he's had a tremendous offseason. Tony Pollard's in that room, obviously. Looked like a better running back last year. I'm curious where we stand with Zeke Elliott as we enter... His age 27 season. He's only 27, but he certainly looked like a guy about five years older last season. He's heard the talk. He knows contractually and just how everyone asks him questions about it, that this is probably his last year in Dallas, unless he really turns around uh, how effective he is. And he's just been someone that 
to be real with it seems like his like preparedness and everything that he does like goes up and down and it and he's been down a couple years and i think you could get more out of him by using him a little less it wouldn't shock me if zeke had one more good season in him because when he started last year i thought people were a little too hard on him that actually he was doing he was doing some really positive things but then the injuries caught up to him which seemed to happen every year like i it wouldn't shock me if he has one more good year and that backfield is kind of the centerpiece of that offense there does seem to be like a continual drumbeat and emphasis to get tony pollard on the field too he's been used in slot during these spring summer practices so it's like whether it's a committee backfield or or him That's operating a trope, as a pass catcher like like one ota trope we haven't mentioned too often is the they're going to get both Truth running backs on the field at Truth the same that. time. And like the, the shiftier running backs taking a lot of snaps. Well, they did the do slot. it a little more last year, yeah. though, I mean, to be yeah. fair. I mean, I think yeah. Pollard looked better than Zeke at various stretches. Okay. That was like a, a similar, well, it's just in terms of workload of the running backs where it's just the messaging is all over the place. The the Jaguars had said that, uh, hey, James Robinson, when he gets back, he's, he's our three down back. And it's like, well, what about Travis Etienne? If he if he's doing all three downs, what's ATN doing? Just punt punt protector? Like what's his role? Well, that's another guy they're putting in the slot here in June. So maybe right. none of it We're, has any meaning. Like we'll end po- up breaking all these teams down. But man, their 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 receiver group is so thin that I think they're going to need more out of Pollard and and Zeke. They got James Washington and um, their rookie. What now? I'm, I'm spacing on name Tolbert as they're like two and three, and neither of them practiced throughout the OTA period, and it's just like. Mm. I mean, until Gallup gets back, I think you're going to need a lot. I'm going to go right into my whisper because it's Cowboys too, because I thought it was just relevant. And it's one I'm falling for is like the healthy Dak moving much better scenario. That's a whisper that like I think is meaningful um, because he's not coming off a major surgery. And it's worth remembering he he did injure that ankle uh, against the Patriots you know, early last season. I don't think it was the biggest reason why he struggled. You know, he even said people gave me too much of an out after a while, like it had worn off, but he was so afraid to run. And like, he's not the same guy if he's not willing to take the six, seven yards. And he gave you nothing as a runner uh, in outside the pocket or as like just a scrambler last year. And they need him to be a lot better. So I'm kind of feeling this, this uh, off season trip. Mike McCarthy said he sees Dak Prescott running more this season. So, yeah, if his body can handle it, it makes him obviously a much better quarterback. I buy into that whisper. Mark. I want to go to Florham Park, um, to Dan's Jets, uh, where I find this story um, is one of the more intriguing, like we don't know what's going to happen here, uh, scenarios around the league. And it's obviously Makai Becton, who spoke to the press. Um, He described himself as being close to 100% and will be ready for training camp. And he, while he spoke to the press, he wore a self-created T-shirt um, with a circle slogan and the words inside of it, Big Bust. And the words around that said, fat, lazy, out of shape, injury prone. And basically what he said is he's used the critique mm. that he's heard as motivation. Um, and good for him if that's what he's doing. But then Connor Hughes of The Athletic, who is one of the better beat writers around, added this nugget that Jets offensive tackle... Makai Becton showed up for minicamp. Both Sala and offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur offered lukewarm endorsements of his physical shape, conditioning, and weight. So TBD on this scenario, because he's battling for the left tackle job. He'll get the right tackle if he doesn't beat out George Font. Or maybe he gets nothing if he weighs 675 pounds by the end of June. 
Uh, you're reading this perfectly, Mark, because that was my takeaway as well. If you show up with the T-shirt, and the T-shirt also, also by the way, had, um, I don't know if you had mentioned sucks and overweight. Um, if you wear that T-shirt, I would imagine you're going to show up in that shirt in great shape after you spent the offseason trying to de- defy the haters. So a couple things stand out. That, that he wore, the, he's wearing that shirt, but he's not physically in a great place. The fact that he said he's close to 100%. Remember, he suffered the knee injury in week one of last season. It was initially uh, called a four- to six-week injury, and then he uh, missed the entire season. And now we're in middle of June, and he's not all the way back yet. And, uh, yeah, to your point about Salah, who's usually falling over with positive comments, like many coaches of his players, he said of Becton, he has 40 days to continue to work and get himself ready to play football referring to the start of training camp. So, listen, as a Jets fan who's been through uh, too many wars, too many lost battles, uh, I feel like this is heading in a certain direction. Hmm. The The positive way to look at it is he is still super young. I think he's 23 or 24, tremendously talented. But, you know, is the light going to go on? And um, it seems like he's his rope with the organization is running out. And if he does show up, in camp in a bad place physically, uh, I could see him ending up on um, the um, pup list and there becoming some type of issue behind the scenes and it gets ugly. I don't I think there could be more to this story to come. And my mm. concern is that it's not good. The, the difference between him and some other high draft picks that go through this, you know, criticism with the media and, and everything like that is like we've seen Makai Becton play at a high level. Right. So he he has to be pretty high on any list you came up with for like the biggest X factor boomer busts, however you want to put it, because the Jets could either have a difference maker, maybe the best player on their offense, <laughs> you know, if he if he was right. That's his ceiling. Uh, right. Um, or nothing. And that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big difference, and it's it's very hard to guess which. I mean, which don't trust us. In. Don't trust the beat writers. Trust a guy like Brian Baldinger, who was falling over with abusive effusive praise um, right. of Beckton during his rookie season when he was on the field. But you just you haven't seen enough of it. So yeah, I think it's a major subplot. We'll talk about it a little later um, in a few weeks, maybe next week. Uh, when we break down the second-year quarterbacks and what their prospects look like. But so much is tied with Zach Wilson to how the line plays in front of him, and Beckton's such a huge part of that. So, One little note, though, because if let's say it veers positive. Their offensive line, after years of ups and downs, looks looks fantastic. Because you got Elijah Vera Tucker, you got Lake and Tomlinson, and if and if, if, you, if Mekhi Beckton becomes the player you want, I mean, they, they're going to be able to run that offense the way they hope to. Yep. Uh, let's stick with the offensive line. Whispers. Ravens head coach. Do we get the Ravens yet? No. Nailed it. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh says Ronnie Stanley and his surgically repaired ankle is, quote, looking great. Ronnie Stanley. Remember Ronnie Stanley? He signed a $100 million extension uh, midway through the 2020 season. And then a couple days later, suffered just a brutal catastrophic ankle injury required two surgeries landed him on the pup list to start training camp last year then he appeared in one game in 2021 and then was ruled out the rest of the year so we'll see 
Harbaugh also said that Stanley might miss the beginning of training camp this season as well, but they're hoping he's going to be ready for 2022 season opener. Now, they added some guys in free agency, Morgan Moses, one of them, um, to help offset Stanley's loss if he's not able to do it or and to give him some depth. Uh, but talk about a big piece. If Ronnie Stanley came back and was Ronnie Stanley, that's a huge boost for Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore offense that loves to run the rock. Yeah, that's a great point because especially dra- drafting Linderbaum, which maybe they add a little more zone running to their offense, like their offensive line could be beastly again. And it it's sort of a concern about the Ravens in general. Yes, they should have better injury luck this year after being decimated last year, but uh, a lot of their season might come back down to like how quickly and how well these guys come back from their injury. I think there's some concern J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards might not be fully ready for the start of the season uh, ready to go. Uh, Tyus Bowser, who was like a, a key starter for them at, at a thin position, is coming off of a major injury. They drafted Ojabo, who won't be ready. So they have they have a lot of guys kind of like, are they going to be ready for the first month? They might be a better team to play in September than, than November. They usually are like that, too. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Whisper. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Greggy, we're back. Hit it, baby. I just some uh, found it interesting that the beat guys really think Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. I, the guys who have been in San Francisco 
for like 15 years. I'm talking about your old beat writers. I'm t- not old, but like they've been around Matt Myoko and Matt Barrows and these, these guys that like they they don't just make their little 53 man roster projection without real inside information after talking to a lot of people and they really think Jimmy G's gone. And I just reading through some of the coverage, I that it was more meaningful to me than anything that John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan said that they they tend to think that that relationship is just over and they'll find they'll find a spot for him. So I tend to believe that too. I thought Jimmy G's comments about how difficult last season was, and you know he for for all the critique of his play, I mean he never complained. Um, in in a scenario where it's like you know they're basically about to dump you to the corner at some point for the guy they just sold the franchise to draft, he never complained. He took him to the uh, you know plays away from the Super Bowl. And, and said it was one of the toughest years of his life. And so it's like, I think you have to work with Jimmy G at this point and not put him back in this situation. And, and also, let's look at the money because they have to go deal with Debo Samuel's contract. Like, Jimmy G is the chip that needs to be removed for that to mm. be more possible. It is a little concerning, though, to be one like snap away from Nate Sudfeld starting you know, for you. It's got to be a little yes. concerning. <laughs> Nick Wessling had texted us. We did our Dalton Scale episode last week and he pointed out that he thought that Jimmy G was a guy that should really be considered as the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks and I, I I said that I see him on that point and perhaps we should have given Garoppolo a little more conversation toward that I think that yeah I think the injury has made him so difficult to both evaluate to trade to even have a conversation um like that but yeah I was doing a little research on uh the Dalton scale, because I was like, oh, that will be a good, fun kind of off-season write-up. So I'm going to do something on the website connected to the conversation we had last week. And Jimmy Garoppolo's winning percentage is over 700 as a starter. And I'm not right. saying everyone knows that that's... the rest of that's... the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan uh, are under, well under 500. Right. And so that, that does speak to And I, I can hear Chris, Nick's brother... Um, from the great beyond shouting, like, it's not just about the quarterback wins and losses. Um, but there's a reason why all you all you hear is all these players praising uh, their teammate, Jimmy Garoppolo, because the players only care about winning. And he wins when he plays, typically. Yeah, I think, listen, I mean, part of the Andy Dalton experience was, and it, it, it isn't all about wins, but this was something Chris would bring up. I mean, he actually did in that 2019 episode that Dalton will get you a certain way, but then you get into the playoffs and it's a crumble nation. And Dalton and Gerard Garoppolo took the Niners to a Super Bowl. Secondly, here is my bigger reason why I went with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins gives you a certain aura of frustration of like, ugh, like he's good and you can argue for him, but he's still Kirk Cousins. Jimmy G is simply too, uh, Kirk Cousins is a, is, a, is a bowl of vanilla ice cream. Jimmy G is too attractive um, and too spicy as a person to be the Dalton scale winner. That's now, what, what if you did this? Me. Interesting argument, but I like it. That what is. if you did this? Because, again, I've been looking up some of these guys and diving a little deeper. What if you combine Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, winning percentage with Kirk Cousins' four years in Minnesota in which he's thrown 124 touchdowns against 36 interceptions and with a passer rating of 103.5? <laughs> we would be talking about he really is the next Tom Brady. Yeah. And yet. There may not be a perfect – Dalton right now that's that's the issue but the the fans the the listeners spoke and they were very solidly in the Kirk Cousins camp so I don't know what that what we draw from that well we're drawing that Mark's gonna take a W when he can and and he should we'll give it to him you got it I mean it's not that's a great 
point, Mark. I think it's a it's a it's a, a W for the community, the listening community. <laughs> right. Right. What was there? There was some other vote recently that I came out on top. It was the uh oh, the one we drafted those rosters. With Phoebe? Yeah, yeah, with Phoebe, yeah. I didn't bring it up really at all, but Mark's brought this up about six times now in two episodes. <laughs> well, like like you said, you'd have to you'd have to, you know, ascertain where you've scored a W and make sure people know about it. I wasn't on that other episode. I would have praised you had I been there, trust uh, me. Well, I think the key is I'm 0-2 in this scenario. That's the key. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Uh, I would like to go to... Hey, Mark. I don't like that How about some Wiesbjars? I don't Whoa, like that. So that's, that's a, a drop. That's why you jumped in early <laughs> Great to create figure. that nonsensical item. <laughs> wow. Okay, the power that I have at my house is to simply turn off this laptop and go watch a television show and not be part of this show anymore if I wish. Okay, but I'll call you on that bluff. Let's see it. Let's see. I'm just happen. saying, if it gets to that point, <laughs> go ahead. Buddy. Oh yeah, <laughs> this has become utterly absurd. Um, New Orleans, where there are a lot of whispers. Marcus Davenport. You know, this off season is when oh, we're I'm glad you're to hitting be, this one, dude. Yeah, go we're, ahead. We're, we're meant to be having. Um, you know, times are meant to be lighter. It's the summer. We go out, especially if you're in New Orleans. You just you enjoy yourself in a way that most human beings cannot. Marcus Davenport um, has not had that offseason of wine and roses. Uh, he has had a nagging left pinky injury that dates back to his college days when he tore ligaments in his finger. Uh, he's had multiple surgeries on it. He had a plate put in it that broke. And ultimately, this offseason, they had to amputate the top of the finger. And, uh, you know, he appeared before beat reporters with, um, you know, was heavily bandaged. And he basically said it's down to a nub at this point. He's also dealing with uh, multiple surgeries to repair an injured shoulder. So this guy is going through it, and I think we think the Saints defense unanimously is a top three type entity, and he's a big part of that. And I hope he's healthy by then. I, th I think, you know, for what he has to do, probably losing the tip of your finger, you can still operate, but you need those hands. You need those hands. Yeah. You need you those hands. Do. You know, there's Mark something Sessler. gross. There's something gross about the... The little nug in there that the plate that was inserted broke. That right. had to be nasty. And it always, if you are a football fan that goes back a little bit, you always think about when you hear something like this, Ronnie Lott. And you remember that story about Ronnie Lott that he was playing in a game in December 1985 and he's trying to make a tackle on running back Timmy Newsom of the Cowboys. And um, he suffered a broken left pinky finger. The Niners finished 10-6 and six that season, qualified for the playoffs. They faced a powerhouse Giants team in the wild card round. And Lott was facing a decision from doctors, put a pin in the finger and a cast over it, and then wait eight weeks for it to heal, so essentially your season's over, or amputate the tip of the finger off from the first joint up and be able to play against the Giants. Lott, a great warrior, picked option B. Gave up his pinky. Doctors numbed it, sliced it, put it in a cast. He plays in the game, and the Niners, even with Joe Montana, score three points. It was mm. an awesome New York team. One of the great teams ever, the 1986. Bad job chance. by Montana. I think yeah. Montana got um, had, the, had the life taken out of this game, was removed at one point. He was hit. So if, I, if it's the game I'm remembering, Montana was devastated by a Giants defender and left almost lifeless on the floor. Well, I don't know about the 86 game. I know that happened in the, in the 89 or 90 game when he got hit, I believe, by Leonard Marshall and missed two years because of it. So maybe it happened twice, though. 
um, because that was a ferocious Giants defense led by LT. But now the one thing that people don't talk about with Lott was that he looked back at it as one of the great regrets of his life. And Davenport's a totally different situation, but I just thought this was interesting. Mm. Here's a quote he told the Associated Press in 1986, because the story that everyone knows ends right there, right? Like Ronnie Wait, Lott, I didn't know this. I didn't know. You this. know anything about the lot? Yeah. No, no, I knew that, but I didn't oh, yeah. know he regretted it. Yeah, that just like he was a total badass, and this is who he was. It was so emblematic of what the man was. This is the quote he gave to the Associated Press the next year. I was trying to laugh it off. Oh, when he first, the first, when the cast came off, and he looked at what was left of his finger, he said, "I was trying to laugh it off, but I felt sick. I tried to stand up, but I broke into a cold sweat. It was just a total shock. I thought, oh man." I should have had the pin put in. We are losing the compassionate side of sports. We're becoming gladiators. If I ever become a coach, I hope I never lose sight of the fact that players are people. They feel. They have emotions. I could have I could have all of Eddie DeBartolo's corporations, who was running the Niners at the time, and it isn't going to buy me a new finger. It has given me a new perspective on life. How about mm. that? Wow. Uh, fact check, by the way. In that game... The 1987 divisional playoffs after the 86 season, Montana was wiped out by Jim Burt and replaced by Jeff Kemp. So Montana can't be blamed for the loss. He had like a hospitalized concussion scenario. Either way, that's uh, yeah, that's a troubling story. And that's it, it was tough. I mean, Marcus Davenport didn't try to hide it in the moment how um, difficult this has been. Plus, having the shoulder surgeries too. But it's like such an NFL story that's like. You know, it's like you—you you almost had you. I saw the reaction to it. It's like, well, he'll be ready for the season. It's not going to be. It's not going to like affect um, whether whether he's going to play or not. But as um, I would say, um, the preeminent Marcus Davenport fan among the national uh, football media, I haven't enjoyed. You know, uh, all the injuries he had. I've always pushed back. I've liked this guy. They make they make fun of him on uh, the Saints Twitter podcast, calling him two first. Uh, he's had a he's had a nice career. He's a good pass rusher. They they need him, and he's battled through these injuries to actually. Last year was was a, a very good player for them. Yeah, you should there. tell your friends on that podcast that he's he's not so just some saying. gladiator. He's a man. Right. Respect this man's humanity. Flesh and bone, and he has emotions. Hey, let's tell a feel-good story. This one's for you, Greggy. You know, everybody had their little chuckles. Who's the guy? Who's the guy on our show? What was his name? Something Chuckles? Johnny Chuckles? Was it? Yeah, Johnny Chuckles. <laughs> I'm Johnny Chuckles. Um, when the Patriots, quote unquote, reached for Cole Strange late in the first round, the guard, but. You know, I went through an ESPN roundup of how the first round picks have fared uh, so far in their first mini camps. And I came across this nug from Mike Reese. Uh, you know, Graver, give me a little. Let's give Greggy this. He needs this. He pretends he's not a Patriots fan, but you know, he wants this guy to really work out well. A plug and play starter at left guard the UT Chattanooga alum ended one practice at mandatory minicamp by hustling 30 yards to try to recover a fumble and ended up in a spirited mini scrum with outside linebacker Matthew Judon and others as a result. Judon later credited Strange for his all-out approach, which has made a quick impression among several inside the Patriots organization. You can see that athleticism 
You could see it match up with the vets who have been here in the NFL, which is really good. Matt Patricia. <laughs> Getting some Logan Mankins vibes. I mean, I don't know. If we, if we can't to draw too much from OTAs, it is, I think, uh, pretty difficult to evaluate guard play when you're doing seven-on-seven seven with no uh, tackling or contact. A little feel-good nug there, Greggy. Uh, but that's good. I like the, I like the vibes. He's certainly going to start. There's no question. They don't have much of a... Uh, any option, so he he is going to play, and and you know Bill wants to prove everyone wrong. Um, Logan Mankins, very similar vibes. Just saying that. And you very... know who didn't show up with some Fakakta T-shirt? No, you know, but... as he arrived at training camp, <laughs> Cole Strange. He showed up probably. Wow, Dad, taking Strange down. over Becton in, in a big surprise. Oh, Jets fans shouldn't be a little annoyed with Mackay Becton. Come on, okay, no free passes here. And that's Patriots play caller, Matt Patricia, by the way. So I'm sorry. Oh, stop. Assistant why do, coach. Why, maybe we do something unprecedented and just give Cole Strange offensive rookie of the year now because it seems so cemented after that 30-yard um, burst into the pile. <laughs> well, while, while we're there, there actually there was some news from OTAs there that was pretty significant on their offensive line, which is you're playing Trent Brown at left tackle, uh, who's missed chunks of basically every season, almost his entire career, and moving uh, their first-round pick from four years ago over to right tackle to battle Isaiah Wynn, which would be a, a pretty big change. And and I think uh, Trent Brown is very different than Mekhi Becton, but I think he, he holds a similar importance to the Patriots season where you could either get all-pro type play or you could get very little and moving him over to left tackle and potentially benching Wynn and maybe trading win I wouldn't totally be shocked by in camp is is something to watch because win win's been okay when when they've played but I, their offensive line was has been a strength for a while I don't know if it's going to be a strength for sure this year it, it, it's pretty up in the air all right good one I'm going to throw out another one just because uh that was yeah kind let's, of like let's a, throw out a, a few more a, go ahead attack on oh I got it I got it I got too many I got too many we got to bring got up you established uh, that earlier on in the show Grave diggers. I know, but we got some real good ones I want to get okay, to. We got to bring go. up Grave Diggers guy uh, Traylon Burks, so because this is the type of this is the type of OTA story Awkward. that people are like, "Hey, it's only OTAs. OTAs don't matter uh, at all." And um, I I get that, um, but when he had the conditioning troubles at the first few practices, you're like, "Okay." Then when he's just like out of the last couple of weeks of practices, right. and the coach is being very vague about it and they're not trying to put it on the asthma. They're kind of just putting on it like he wasn't really ready for this. And a little concerning, especially considering the the spot he holds on that roster as someone they kind of need this year. Graver. Three words for you, Justin, as we uh, turn the mic over to you. Spin, baby, spin. Go ahead. <laughs> well, on my Titans podcast that came out today, we did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly from <laughs> Titans Minicamp. And Traylon Burks the was the ugly. I mean, yeah, at it? least use the name here. Uh, this is like Mickey Mouse the, stuff. You're not even saying the name, baby. <laughs> it's the Music City Audible podcast, um, hosted by myself and Justin Mello. Shout out. Uh, yeah, well, we said that was the film ugly room. film room. That that's was a Twitter that, handle. That's my Twitter. We had a podcast a while ago where the co-host uh, and I didn't <laughs> work out. You got to work guys. on your brand. Let me write this down so too. I can mentally process it. The name of your Titan sure. podcast is Music City Music Audible. Music City Audible. You know, like Music City Miracle no, and then like an, an Audible is like a football thing. Wade so. Phillips and plus, literally dying on a sideline. Audio. Uh, <laughs> You're getting the Audible. word audio in there too. That's, that yeah. is on yeah, next level play on, sort of a goodwill hunting level play on words. Just know that Mark is disgusted with this level of self-promotion, Graver, but you just need to soldier on. Just keep going. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, so Traylon Burks, pretty. It's we called it the ugly from minicamp that he hasn't practiced, and I, like you could be like you said, you could be like, oh, it's just OTAs, it doesn't matter. But the Titans need him to be a productive player early, and this is not an encouraging sign at all. So here's the quote yeah. from Rob Moore. Ooh, former Jet Rob Moore. He was a good receiver. It's unfortunate. Some of the things he's dealing with are out of his control. The kid has asthma. Now, that's a quote where they're trying to, like, protect him a little bit. But again, it's like... Vrabel did less of that, it felt yeah. like. Vrabel was a little more, like, hardcore coach, like, he needs to get his act together. But it was vague why he wasn't there. He also, Indian. like, he, he really floundered <clears throat> in pre-draft workouts for teams. From a physical he had some angle. weight issues at Arkansas where he, he kind of went up and down. Right, um, and this is John sure. Robinson, the GM, who totally whiffed on Isaiah Wilson in round one two years ago. It's like I, some of these GMs just hang around good no matter what, back. and he's built a good roster, but, I mean, we, they take risky players in round one. One of the reasons Caleb I like... Farley a year ago has not given them anything coming right. off of huge injuries. He's a big X factor, too, yeah. One of the reasons why I love the draft and the shows we do at and around the draft is... You know, it's hope season. It's all about optimism. Um, but now we're getting to, you know, we're outside that window now when you spin forward and the draft, including those first 32 picks in the first round, are littered with guys that aren't going to make it. Now, that's not going to say, that's not to say Traylon Burks is not going to make it. Once upon a time, Odell Beckham had a pretty messy first training camp with the Giants and turned into one of the more explosive playmakers we've seen in the last 30 years. Just, it's worth noting. It's fair. It's a good whisper. It's not even a whisper, though. I would imagine Titans fans are hearing it a little louder. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the they're not whispering manager. about it at this point. Yeah, we did our we rated our concern level, and my level was: should I be concerned? It's like start to ask yourself if you should be concerned about this. It's a little early to be concerned, but definitely answering with to a watch. question and a question, you know, classic <laughs> deferral. Classic deferral. All right, let's take one more break, and then we'll uh, wrap things up. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let me check in here. I mentioned that I kind of spun through the some of the rookies. Uh, anybody, not so much, uh, obviously a lot of the first-round picks are going to uh, a lot of positive talk around them. Um, but, you know, Burks, as an example, is a guy where maybe not so positive around him. I didn't see too much of that elsewhere. One guy to keep an eye on. Let's talk about the Giants real quick here. Evan Neal. I do put something into when a rookie shows up and then people are kind of falling over with praise and it makes you think, oh, I wonder if they nailed this pick. Evan Neal, the offensive tackle, taking seventh overall. Um, veteran guard Mark Lewinsky described him as just dominant, and uh, that's a good sign. That's the type of stuff you heard around Quentin Nelson when he first came to camp. I'm just saying when you hear words like that immediately, I'm into that. And our friend, Kayvon Thibodeau of the Giants, uh, just to keep an eye on it, he spent most of the spring in a red jersey working out with a trainer on the side because of an undisclosed injury. He got twisted up on in a rep late in practice during the second week of OTAs, and they kept him out of the spring. Not a reason to get overly concerned. We'll see as long as he's on the field for the start of training camp. It's probably nothing, and they're going to be careful with the number five overall pick. And I'll also mention, unless this has changed, Gravedigger, that Kayvon Thibodeau will be on our podcast for a third appearance next week. Uh, and that's something to look forward to. That was part whisper, part plug. Smart. And, and that Evan Neal pop is kind of um, in contrast to the tackle taken right after him, Ikim Aquanu, which who isn't getting any negative talk, but it, Brady Christensen's been lining up at left tackle there, and Aquanu didn't seem like totally happy with the suggestion that there's a chance he could play guard. So, And the coach kind of putting it out there that Christensen is maybe one of our best players. Just something to keep an eye on, that Iquanu maybe not stepping in the same way. Uh, All right, Greg, what else you got? Hit us with the uh, that uh, certain quarterback conversation. Well, I, I noted um, that Jacoby Brissett hadn't taken any first-team reps at all, almost any, not just first-team, but just any reps that had been all Deshaun Watson- uh, at the OTAs in minicamp. And I think putting that into context with the reporting, and there's been a lot since we last talked, that A, that uh, his side, Watson's side, is bracing for a potential one-year suspension. That was in the Washington Post. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, and then also the news that uh, 20 of the 24 uh, women who were suing Watson in civil court are now settling uh, their suits and that more of them it sounds like are going to settle as well and it, it really just may be the original um, uh, claimant that that went against him that wants that is going to keep her case going Ashley Solitz uh, and so there's a lot going on there and it and I don't think the fact that Brissett didn't take any reps by the way is surprising because I think OTAs in minicamp is when you would want Watson just as a as a team to get as much work in as he can. And at some point, though, if we know the suspension and it's coming, we just don't know how long it is, and that point will be in training camp, you're going to have to get Jacoby Brissett ready to start the season because he's going to be starting uh, a chunk of the season. And that's going to be one of the many awkward things uh, to do with the Browns that, that they'll have to do in training camp. Well, also, from another angle, if, let's say, Watson's gone for, for a year, which 
is my personal expectation. The Browns season is just wait until next year anyways. I mean, I understand they're still going to probably, they're talented roster to some degree, but if Jacoby Brissett's your quarterback, like the plan couldn't be farther afield from what they hoped would be. And there is another note that Albert Breer, while we were gone, reported that the Browns are now willing to pay up to half of Baker, Maker, May, Baker Mayfield's salary in a trade. So I, th- there's been this little tiny drumbeat that you never know. Baker Mayfield could be back with Cleveland. I, I just think that that relationship no way. from both no sides way. is exactly no like it's just not happening. So I think if you don't have Deshaun Watson, if you're Cleveland, you understand this is a lost campaign no matter how they message it and you think about next season. Yeah, I saw that from Breer also and. The Panthers would only do a Mayfield trade if it's a bargain, according to Breer, and maybe that means they would have to. The Browns would have to eat more of that money. Josina Anderson of CBA Sports also reported that the Panthers are quote still doing its due diligence in terms of looking to QB Baker Mayfield, the football player, and the person. So, you know, Baker. I wonder. You know, not we don't need to delve too far because we've tried to shoot the story into the sun many times this offseason. But <laughs> I wonder if he learned anything in terms of how to handle the media and what to say and more importantly, what not to say, because it, maybe that is playing a role in his being him being kind of hung up here in between two worlds in this type of upside down purgatory. He currently exists in. I do think that the settling the civil cases is pretty significant too. I think it might've been a case of what's happened over the last month and the, the negative attention that's rightfully been on Watson from the HBO story and, and the new, um, cases that at some point they just decided this need this needs to end to 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 move on and it won't totally end because there will be that one case apparently going against them but i think it, it makes a lot of sense that they're they're trying to move on after forever saying that that would never happen that they would never settle i saw a report that there could be two more coming um civil suits which would take it up to 26 and i'm just curious because there had been talk that the nfl might now wait to make an official uh move you know, as we're saying, until all the lawsuits were settled, uh, either through the courts or as a, a pretrial set- settlement. I'm just curious, like, what? just because these 24 get settled, potentially, you don't know if the trickle will continue, right? It, it could, could keep coming. Who knows? Well, that's where they talked to the yeah. There were differing opinions inside, like, the league office reportedly on what to do with this. But I think if you look at if you say as a baseline, maybe you're out for the year. Then if more, if there's more trickling in cases, I think a year at least from now says we've done, we've viewed this a certain way. Here's the punishment. And it's not six games or eight games where you're thinking, oh, it should have been 10 or 12. Right. And I'm not assuming it's going to be a year either. There's a thought that like they put that out there so that when it becomes, when it's 10, then they can act like it's a victory, that they're the ones leaking this. And there is going to be this one case, Ashley Solis, who I, I think her words it shouldn't take that, but her being on HBO and her, people seeing her just say that what happened to her, I think had a big impact because I think people believe her and she's not, she's not going to settle. It sounds like she, she wants to take this. She doesn't want his money. She wants to take this uh, as far as she can. Whispers. Mark, what do you got? Uh, Arizona. The Cardinals. No. Oh, sorry, Mark. This again, not personal. I don't, I don't even know what this is. Who's got it? Sorry, Mark. Um, Rob Gronkowski so <laughs> has announced that he is retiring again. Oh, wow. Ouch. Wait, what? Really? Yep. 11 seasons, and now he will retire. Look at Graver stepping in. Doesn't even let us know. Pretty good. Um, pretty and he good. did it with something that's worth it. That is a, 
a surprise. I just expected that somehow Tom Brady has this magical power that will keep Rob Gronkowski playing with him as long as Tom Brady wants to play football, but I guess not. I'm still not ruling out that he'll play at some point this season. Same. Uh, but at the same time, I, I totally agree. In fact, I, I've joked about it on the show. Like anyone else that's getting caught up in the will he or won't he isn't paying attention because Gronk is just sitting out. He doesn't want to do training camp. He doesn't want to do OTAs. But maybe he's just having too much fun again, you know? Doesn't it make sense if, if it, with this situation, if he unretires, it comes back in November fully healthy? Yes. And yes. they roll with him from there. He knows the offense. He is a spiritual link with Tom Brady. You don't need him in, in July and August. Right. He's probably like, I don't want to do OTAs. And then he was like, ah, I don't want to do mandatory minicamp. And now he's like, ah, I don't want to do training camp. And then he's probably like, ah, I don't want to do September. It's super hot in Tampa. So, yeah, he'll come in right, <laughs> like, right around Halloween. He'll like roll in and probably be a key factor by January. It's hard. Football's hard. And the, he's had these back surgeries that people thought were going to be a problem for him his whole life. Um, and the Bucks put him to work. One of the sneaky parts of Gronk's value the last couple of years is n- literally no tight end plays more than Gronkowski. He, he is, uh, when he is playing, he is on the field. And um, that's like, that, that's a lot to ask. So I agree with you, Dan. Like if you're Gronk, if you're going to play me 60, 70 snaps a game, maybe I'll wait till like week 12 or even see, maybe I won't play then, but um, I'll find out how I'm feeling then. Where that would you, be the by way. By the way, do where it. do you get off, Greg, saying football's hard? You never played the game. <laughs> it just looks very hard and they all say it's hard and I believe them, frankly. Is that a fair point though, Mark, for me? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I can, right I can like channel... I remember going to practice five days a week, two hours a night, six to eight p.m. Uh, and right. sometimes if that would. I play on the beach. I play on the beach with my son, and even that—that's difficult. I would You're say. playing it's a very small child, Greg. It's hot, I mean, right? It's just hot. like I wouldn't. You nobody wants to hear about me. What it would be like growing up in England. Mark could tell you. What I could tell like. you. I'm drawing from human experience. Exactly. All right, Mark. Without further ado, it's a big loss for them. That's a big loss. I mean, I will, I will offer a nugget. Are there any uh, semi-snarky sound drops or maybe a news update from like Chinese just, negotiations before, before I, while there is I actually, get three words in? There is one more thing, and I'm sorry. With Gronk temporarily or permanently out of the picture, and we know that O.J. Howard, who, by the way, was not getting very good um, reports up there in Buffalo. That he's not nice, moving He's a backup, well, too. Which is interesting because, well, he had a bad, I think, an Achilles injury. But he was the can't miss. He was Kyle Pitts a few years back. Again, it shows you injuries and guys can't miss, sometimes miss. But anyway, who is going to eat up and gobble up those snaps at tight end for Tom Brady? Cameron Brates, their starter. They did draft a, a guy in the fourth round who I don't know much about, Otten, Kate Otten. Oh, that's right. right. Uh, and they'll play. They'll play more receivers. They'll they'll just uh, they'll they'll go four wide and three. You know they'll they'll give Russell Gage some of those snaps too and some of the receiver depth. But yeah, they don't really they don't really have a guy like Gronk. Cameron Bray is certainly not a Gronk like figure. They well, might. No sign one has someone. a guy like Gronk now. I submit right, that you. But sign... like a, even a blocker, they'll probably find someone out there like a veteran who who uh, isn't signed. I say I submit you sign Will Fuller. And then have him eat a bunch of food and convert him to tight end. Will Fuller <laughs> to an active roster in 2022. Let's make it happen. All right. Without further ado, Mark Sessler, the floor is yours. Mark, I'm very Mark, suspicious. Mark, Mark, Mark. Oh yeah. Mark, Mark. I just I I am tracking like you know this this Kyler Murray situation and I every little thing that's said to me um, matters because I think the whole organizational shift from where we were 
uh, back in you know February, March, where Kyler Murray was botching this uh, salary negotiation trade through social media with his agent and all that stuff. And there were reports that he's like a video game addict that doesn't really care about football as much as other things. Well, now you've got Cliff Kingsbury saying at the wrap of minicamp that he is praying, praying that Kyler Murray gets a contract extension before camp. So he's there on day one. Steve Kime and May said, we feel confident this can get done. I just think there's been a tone shift where if this was going to turn into some horrible drama, it feels like at least maybe the negotiations take a while, but everyone's on the same page and it's not, let's get rid of Kyler Murray or he's not a leader. He's not this or that. They're looking around and saying, we can't get anything better right now. He fits this system. Pay him. Good. They should. Whisper. Whispers. All right. I'm out. I, I mean, I have a couple others, but I don't need, we don't need to, to talk about Elgin Jenkins right now. So what What else, Greg? Why don't you empty out and some type of. Oh, my gosh. Speed we'll, just, we'll just uh, do a rapid fire one. Let's go. Hit me. Uh Braxton Jones is right now the starting left tackle in Chicago. Uh, he was a fifth round rookie pick right now. Tevin Jenkins, who they, they drafted very high a year ago, uh, is a backup. Uh, Shane well. Steichen, Colin plays. I think that's kind of been uh, under the radar a, a little bit in Philadelphia. He, he picked up halfway through last year. Randy Gregory, he's always hurt coming off a of shoulder surgery. Devin Bush, I thought this one was fascinating. I think he's getting replaced by Miles Jack. They're moving him to, like, strong side linebacker. I don't know if he has a role. Rodney Hudson didn't show up. Watch out for a contract uh, problem. Jarvis Landry is finally let's, healthy. Let's get team good. names in here. Some of us can't hit every one of these players in their database internally. Sure. Devin yeah. Bush, that was that was uh, in Pittsburgh. It's kind of been a, a bit of a problem. Maybe getting just full-out replaced by Miles Jack. Uh, Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner, kind of a fun little duo there. That was just like a hype piece that I'm into. Derwin James coming off a of shoulder surgery. Uh, Jesse Bates, he's not gotten that contract from Cincinnati. Dax Hill, the, the first-round pick, taking all his snaps. Brian Flores, I just... Brian Flores is going to be an underrated add to this Pittsburgh Steelers operation. We already did them, and that's not a thing. We've done a million Steelers things. Um, Brian, wait, Bryce what's your Cap- whisper? Wait, what's your whisper? On well, this Brian is Flores? one where you need more time to do it. <laughs> that- it's just, it's kind of more like Brian Flores <laughs> is having a big impact, and it's maybe going to have a sneaky monster like, impact. Mark, on I that feel like team. we should just the the idea is to just let Greg go until he delivers one that's a little like what, and then we yeah, have to shut right. him down. But then he's. Right. He might have something trenchant coming up. It's like, There's where do you much. draw the line here? Do I we have pro- to stay for it. I probably uh, can just stop. Uh, Sam Williams, uh, edge pass rusher, Dallas, buying that hype. Uh, MVS pop in Kansas City. Uh, Tim Kelly taking over in Tennessee, passing game coordinator. I think there could be some drama behind the scenes of their coordinator getting fired during the season. That could something to watch out for. Whisper. And then uh, finally, I, I got a few more, but I'll just stop. Uh, the J- Jamin Davis in Washington. Uh, there's a trope. He's not lost anymore, which is not always what you want to really hear from your coach. It's not what you like, want. Yeah, you were lost. The only yeah. thing about that one story is that the, the players that are commenting on how we played last year had some pretty pointed notes about how he was such a muddled mess on the field. Like normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, he was a rookie. He's having a tough time. But if you go read what some of them were saying, it was like, ouch, he was not a popular player in terms of his production. Yeah, and he still I- might be in trouble, I think. I have one more real quick, and I just realized it because it really caught me by surprise. Mercedes Lewis, Packers tight end, is heading into his 17th NFL season, and he's just one season away from tying Tony Gonzalez and Jason Witten to the greatest ever play of the position for 18 years in the league. Mercedes Lewis has been around since, you know, 
What? Greg, since you were a teenager, almost? That's No, not close. <laughs> In the wish. 20s? <laughs> yeah, early 20s. That's what's wild. That's kid stays in the picture. They he maybe the Bucks should, should trade for him. Um, I would, I would, yeah, I, I remember uh, writing him up in Roto World magazines when he was a rookie. So that is how long I've been into game. We, you know, you thought he might have been a little bit more of a, a receiver, a big impact. He was kind of a, a disappointment from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he's been, he's entering his seventeenth year. Guys get cut all the time when they're twenty eight. Oh, he can't play anymore. Oh, Zeke Elliott, man, he's going to get cut this year. He can't move anymore. 27 years old. It's Mercedes. a very special human, a special human being. Anyway, shout out Mercedes Lewis. That's an achievement. He also spells Mercedes in a way that I continually um, misspelled. Don't call him Mercedes. No, you Don't can't do, do it. Him. All right, good stuff. Did you have anything, Mark? I, I know you felt a little overlooked in the back end of the seg. No, it's so more that every time I attempt to speak on the show, Dan is unfurling some new sort of mean-spirited Let's sound drop that tries to knock me down a peg, Don't peg or me. or there's some other anthem or breaking news. So it's like, I'm not sure why I prepared for the episode to begin with. You know that um, we've been doing this long enough. I'm not unfurling these drops. You're creating them ahead of time. That's how you saw Gravedigger's uh, you know, woman interest in the background. You think that I met up with Gravedigger before today's show to plot out how to undermine you? I think you're texting him or doing little DMing during the show. Yes, absolutely. There's some coordination. Justin. Justin can you or, or, or Justin has simply um, adopted the Erica playbook. He's just Justin, t- he's, he's read the Erica playbook. Internal conversation about how to take down Mark and make him unhappy today between you and I. No, no, absolutely not. This is what is awful. what is Gravedigger going to say to that question? Wait, Wait, there's just been a general be? coaching up. No, of no, absolutely not. <laughs> just absolutely trying to make a not. great product. You know, a little conflict is better for entertainment value. I'll show you conflict. <laughs> What was, have- that gra- what was that Graver impression there, Mark? No, no, absolutely not, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say I'm very into the uh, spot on graver Sessler heat that continues to simmer on the back of the. Uh, it's the funny because you stove. advertise yourself as a peacemaker, but really you're a stinky. Right, base. you're the opposite. I, I would say that Graver and I, you know, before our show up in WeHo, had it sat down and talked for about 25 minutes, had a great chat. So. There's some nonsense involved with that take too. I've had nothing to do with any tensions that might be building, but once again with nothing Mark and at all. Our producers, I have had nothing to do with it. This has all been naturally homegrown, but I am enjoying it. I'll say that, but I'm not responsible. <laughs> Dan Dan looked at me like a proud father when I hit the Mark Whispers drop earlier. So oh, that's that was true. nice. That's true. <laughs> I'll I be a different type of one. relative to you. <laughs> We missed the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Falcons, unless one of the ones Greg said covered. No, we one of got those the teams. Bills because uh, OJ Howard sh- he's struggling oh. up there. Oh, Arthur Smith Dawson has been Knox. glowing about Desmond Ritter being like way beyond a rookie, but it felt very tropish to me. So I didn't go right, there. So who's still out now? If we count those two, Dolphins, Vikings, Dolphins. Brian Flores kind of Dolphins adjacent. We'll yeah, I guess we hit Kirk go. Cousins on the uh, Dalton scale stuff too. There you so. go, got him. Not really, Boom. not a. That's fine. Everyone's talking about, oh, now the Vikings have an updated offense. It's like, damn, like they scored like 30 points a game last year. <laughs> Here, here's what are they going to do? Here, I got one note. I got one note, which was like, 
it was either left guard or right guard, I forget which one was, was like the only starting position that was kind of up for grabs for the Vikings right now. And it's like, damn, is this team like coming off of a Super Bowl championship? It is this weird team that they have like incredible continuity. And so there's very little to talk about, but only like one starting job maybe is like totally up for grabs. Which I mean, is like, counterpoint what? or a What's lack happening? of desire to improve. They're like, we're good with what we had last year. Just start them <laughs> right. again. It's, it's a little weird. All right. Good stuff. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with another episode of Around the NFL, the Summer Tour. Barnstorming. When are you going to Japan, Greg? Monday. To the Orient, Greg goes. I will miss the Kayvon Thibodeau uh, <laughs> in-person interview, which is unfortunate because I enjoyed them quite a bit. That is a bummer. That is a bummer. But we'll say hi. We'll say Greg says hi from Japan. Maybe he'll he'll say, "Wow, like that's intriguing. Like he's in Japan." Good conversation like starter. Jib. Yeah, yeah, that old vibe. All right, good. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, until Thursday, you know what you need to do. Heed the call. Danny, Wayne Trebek, New York Jets. Got a message from Ricky Hollywood. Wanted to reach out to you. Tell me you're a big Jet fan and a fan of mine. Uh, appreciate it, man. You know, I had a blast in my 11 years. Hopefully, gave you a lot to cheer about. Uh, big reason I am reaching out to you. I heard you're having a birthday. So, very happy birthday to you, Dan. Just want to let you know everybody's thinking about you. Love you. You know, hopefully, you have a great day, safe day. Wanted me to tell you that you have the best hair out of anyone I've ever seen, but I'm concerned they want people to call you the new old blue eyes. Not sure what that means, man, but uh, sounds like you got some great friends there rising you a little bit. Uh, listen, I know it was a tough year, two wins. You know, there's nothing you could do about it now, but uh, they got a great new coach, great new coach, coaching staff. We got a second, the second pick in the draft, man. We're getting a quarterback. Not sure which one, but uh, the young guys did well. You know, Becton in, uh, you know, should have made the Pro Bowl. Quinn should have made the Pro Bowl. So there's a lot to be excited about. So look forward to that in 2021. Hopefully you have a great 2021. And I wanted to give a shout out to your jet dad. Heard he's the real Jets Aww. fan. So enjoy your day. Happy <laughs> birthday, Dan. And uh, go Jets. Take care, man. 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 You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come